0: I have had the privilege of knowing several people who have had children with severe disabilities. And I say privilege because it is indeed a privilege to watch the work of God through a parent loving a child with special needs. And it is also a privilege to watch the work of God in that person and what happens in the heart of someone who cares long-term for children whose lives are not like the lives of those around them please join me and Darby Strickland as we talk today about parenting children with special needs and how you can help. You are listening to CCEF On The Go, a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Here at CCEF, we are committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF, director of the School of Biblical Counseling, and I'm in our New England office. Today I'm talking with Darby Strickland, who is a counselor here at CCEF as well. Darby, it's great to have you. Welcome.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Derby, the, um, the topic I wanted to, to talk to you about is um, parenting kids with special needs. And uh, as you and I were saying a little bit earlier, mm. I don't know if that's even the best term mm. uh, to use for, for kids who have this experience of life that is different mm. and certainly at least in some ways harder than other kids, although obviously that covers a huge Spectrum. <laughs> swath yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of reality. But um, I wonder if you would start by just saying a little bit about your your own experience and then we can think Uh, together for a bit about just how do you how do you help people who are in the difficult situation of trying to care for for kids with special challenges so yeah say, say a little bit about where you're coming from on this
1: yeah when um i have a son um with an undiagnosed neuromuscular disease so what that looked like when he was little about um just over a year i recognized he wasn't speaking wasn't recognizing his name really struggled in a lot of ways was weak physically But what that looked like for the next, I would say, five years, a lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of therapy. Five
0: years. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And so we're talking therapy in our house about five, six times a week. Um, Doctor's appointments, five specialists every three months. So just the time commitment, even trying to figure out what was going on there was pretty intense. Um, It turned out they could never really find anything specific um, for him. Which was a blessing in a lot of ways, um, because a lot of what they were looking for were degenerative diseases. So by the time he hit age 11, I would say um, they said to me they don't expect it to be degenerative. He's just going to have some continue to have muscle weakness probably throughout his life. So what that looks like now in his teenage years, typically around the house, you know he 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 looks I would say his disabilities look hidden um, at this age. But if we go out like a Longwood Gardens or a special day out, he wouldn't use a mobilized scooter, so he can't really handle more than 20, 30 minutes of walking. Academically, all the work early really paid off for him, so he's doing well. I homeschool him, which gives him some advantages with his body fatiguing. So I would say at different times through our journey with him, it looked it has looked really different.
0: Hmm. And uh, how old is he? He's 13? He's 13. He's yeah. 13? Mm-hmm. He's- and uh, in ter- so in terms of the academics, um, it, your, your 13-year-old is, is essentially a 13-year-old in terms of how he can think about the world and express himself?
1: I would say he does at-grade-level work, okay. and he's a good student, but we have to use a lot of strategies.
0: To so long
1: life. division, you know, we have to do on a grid paper just because of the spatial issues or handwriting issues. The weakness in handwriting, you know, it's so much easier for him to type. So there's a lot of accommodations we can give him to make him really successful. Hmm. Um, But certainly when he was three, they told me he probably would never talk, let alone write. So the journey has had so many different pieces to it that I would not have imagined I am where I am now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't think. I mean, especially when you're saying, you know, not recognizing his name as, a, you know, as a toddler mm-hmm. infant. Um, that's quite a long way to yeah. come to be at grade level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Darby, say a little bit about. Um, let me let me put it to you this way. Um, you're talking to uh, to a young mom who's got a one year old, mm-hmm. and she's saying, "Darby, I know you've been through this. How how would you talk to her? What kinds of things would you?" say, encourage, challenge, where would you go?
1: Yeah, I would just really encourage her. Um, God's uniquely created her to be her child's mother and advocate, um, and, and that's, it's a lot of work, um, and just not to tire of that. Um, she knows her child best. And so really just keep seeking answers. Find people that can help you. Um, it can be exhausting. So there would be times i would be like, oh, if there's two, three weeks I'm taking off. Of the. Mm. But I think it's just, just having the confidence that the Lord's in it with you um, and that God gave you this child. He is going to give you what you need mm. in the day-to-day for them.
0: Mm. Would you say that's tends to be one of the biggest challenges you face or that you see other other parents face is sort of feeling a sense of, I don't have enough. I mean, I put myself in, the, in mm. that situation. I just, I have three kids, um, and I just, it's all I can do to get through right. <laughs> the night to bedtime <laughs> yeah. many nights. And, and so I'm just, it is so easy for me to imagine myself being completely overwhelmed. Mm. Would you say that is the leading challenge? I would actually
1: point to the isolation. Huh? So one of the things that I found is other people just really didn't understand what I was facing or what my dinner looked like um, or what our weekly schedule looked like. Um, it prohibited me to go into women's Bible studies. I certainly couldn't attend playgroups with my child. Other parents weren't aware enough to help my child be successful in those environments. So what I had hoped for like as a young Christian mom did not happen. Um, so I, to me, there's, a, there's just a lot of isolation. Even sitting with other women and men, you know, they're talking about their typical parenting problems, and it's like we live on Mars, um, and we would long to have a child that was just had a potty training issue. Or um, so, yeah. For me, I think it's really been the isolation and talking to other parents that seems to really stand out. It's just not really being understood, not having the time for relationships not knowing how to foster them when things are so different.
0: Have you found um, a community that you have found to be good, supportive, Mm -hmm. and helpful with other parents who also have kids with challenges? Or does that become like a a one-upmanship challenge? Yeah, that's a
1: good question. Yeah, that hasn't been my experience. Sometimes the situations are so different. But most oftentimes people who understand your world don't have time. Right. So they're in Makes the same sense. situation you are. And so they don't, they don't have the time in their calendar to come over and have lunch at my house while all this is going on. And so I think those kind of things create barriers. Or having two children, it depends on their needs and how well they could link up and play, or would it be even more difficult? And so sometimes it's just the barriers of the situation. But certainly support groups um, for parents, but usually that's when the child's a little older. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. And again, yeah. even finding the time to get to a right <clears throat> support yeah. group is not the easiest thing no. in the world.
1: Right. If you're the only one that can soothe and put your child to bed, it really limits childcare. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: What what kinds of uh, passages or even passages certainly would be mm-hmm. one one place to go. But even just thinking about, I, I know the the Lord has this wonderful way of working through simple little Mm. unexpected gifts as well what where have you where have you seen the lord care for your heart both sort of explicitly in scripture and then in the Uh, just the more daily ins and outs
1: yeah i think two things in scripture really capture me and they're not verses but they're just the, the the globalness of scripture and one is god does not tire of repeating himself to us he is so patient and gentle and scripture is so beautifully repetitive and when you have a child that has special needs, there's so much repetition in the teaching and so much patience required. I have a child I had to teach how to open a door. Like most people don't have to teach a child how to open a doorknob or just basic things. And so it'd be e- it's easy to be like, I've already told you this. Like, why don't you understand? And so it's, I think it's just that beauty of, of you know, God is so patient. Um, The other concept I think that I take away broadly from Scripture is oftentimes as a parent, we think about where we want to raise children who are like us. We want to create children in our image. So I was really athletic. I was really academic. I envisioned my family to have a certain lifestyle. And really early on, I learned, no, my job is for my children to image the Lord. And so we became a household that... That our goal, because particularly in our case, we didn't know if my child would see 20, was our goal, the Lord reorganized our priorities so that it was I want my children to want to long to be with him. They want to long to be with the Lord. That just creates a whole different household order, different activities, different family time. So those, I think, are the probably the global ways that really ministered to me and gave me a vision for what it was to parent in these circumstances.
0: Will you say more about that that second piece. What does it look like to to help your children want to image the Lord to see that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's absolutely, it's beautiful to hear mm. you say it. I want to. What's it look like?
1: Um, in one way, even among the sibling group, one child needs a lot of care. So I'm teaching my two girls how to love their closest neighbors, how to sacrifice, how to you know, my, he's too tired to get up in a glass of water. Just, you know, so they will get up and run and, and do things, play or prefer, um, alter board games in ways that he can play them. Um, so just a beauty in that, those relationships. Um, sorry, I get a little emotional. Other, th- other things would be, um, we would talk about heaven a lot. You know, I remember my son saying, "Yeah, in heaven, I'm gonna share a room with my sister, and I'm gonna be able to rock climb. We're gonna have a rock climbing wall," and he just had this sense of, "My body here can't do things, but the Lord is going to restore me, and I long for that restoration." And, and sometimes they were sweet, really practical things, as you know, like a five or six-year-old might say. Um, and other times they were, you know, we were pulling up to the hospital again, but mommy, I thought I was healed. You know why are we here? And so he just had a. He it was always before asking questions that I think most little people don't ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. <clears throat> yes. I remember um, trying to explain to our kids at one point about um, just you know, Jesus coming mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. and 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 realizing how how odd it was to be trying to explain to a small person. Yeah. And yet there's this, this moment where are like, oh, okay, well, but if Jesus comes back, then we won't do such and such. And you're like, yeah, I, I actually, there's something where you see someone learning their world with this lens. And you say, I, I actually need to learn from you. Like, I want to, I want to see the world through the eyes of yearning for restoration and not settling for this. Now, as as a parent of a child struggling that way, I don't suspect that's hard for you. you you're longing for restoration for, for him and for your own heart all the time, yeah. I'm sure
1: yeah, I think that was the first time that I actually it's embarrassing to say, but I actually was like, no Lord, come, I don't want my child to go through this. I, previously, I really just liked the things that i was I was enjoying my life I, yeah, but yeah
0: well any um any last just thoughts, comments uh, mm-hmm. to to parents? I mean, it's, it's, we could talk for six yeah, hours and yeah, you'd still easily. have more practical suggestions and so on and so forth. But just, yeah, any, any parting thoughts you'd want to give to, to parents as they're trying to walk this path?
1: Mm, I think one is just to be patient with yourself. If there's a lot of grief involved. There's a lot of loss of the potential. I remember thinking, will he get married? Will he be able to drive a car? Will he ever read a book? You know, so you can't help but have those thoughts. And so, yeah, as I'm saying, yes, at my in my family, our goal was changed. But that didn't happen in two seconds. You know, there was a lot of tears in that. Even in the marriage, you know, working towards unity, you know, the, trying to keep a marriage healthy in the midst of all that. And so I think it's just recognizing this is a long process and to be gentle with yourself, be open with people who you can really trust, um, try to fight against some of that, even if it's just your spouse or one other person, and just be honest about the things that are hard, the things you're afraid of. And I think when we can give things word, then the Lord, we see him at work in them. We can speak to him about them. I think that was probably the thing that benefited me the most, is recognizing patience for today but patience for the long haul but that also had to do with myself and how i was doing on any one given day
0: hmm. well thank you darby it's, it's really helpful just to get a little a little taste and a little window something you've been working on with the lord for more than a decade uh thank you for for sharing that with us can i pray for you yes, and please. for those who are listening <sighs> heavenly father i am so struck by, um, by the simplicity of Darby just saying, you know, I've learned, I've learned a patience, and I've learned to accept that your timing on how I will change, on how things will go, on my yearning for heaven, um, on my expectations for what life will look like—that these things do change over time. And I pray, I pray for the Stricklands, Lord, that you would give them um, a a sweet perseverance, that this. Uh, this pattern Darby's talking about of living in light of being made in your image, rather than in our own image of what success ought to look like. Um, oh Lord, would you would you cause that to flourish? And for those listening, uh, Lord, who are, who are parents entering into this or who've been at this for decades, I, I pray that you would give them strength and perseverance and that they would be refreshed even listening to this today with the reminder of your love for them, and and for their kids, uh, and lastly, I pray for those of us who who haven't had to walk this path. Would you make us? Uh, would you give us better ears and better eyes to see and hear, and hands to help? Don't let us, um, don't let us be thoughtless. Uh, help us not to contribute to isolation, but rather to blessing of those who are walking with kids, who need more time and more attention than than most of us even realize is going on. So help us all to follow you and be made into your image, we pray. Amen. Trying to come alongside people who are dealing with something as hard as raising a child with special needs is difficult. There's no easy formula. One resource you might find helpful, though, is a blog by Mike Emlett entitled, Help for the Caregiver, Facing the Challenges with Understanding and Strength. It's not specifically focused on children, but a lot of the points he makes will apply all the more for parents with a child in this kind of situation. You can find the blog at ccef.org slash podcast right underneath today's episode. And please feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at ccef.org if you have any thoughts for us on today's episode or in general. Till next time, blessings.